part two of Wine Talks British Business with Simon Thorpe, MW and Wine GB CEO. Can you see any other, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that's difficult to say, that would be a, a, a welcome challenge to increase supply levels. But what about difficulties for the industry? Can you see any coming? Well, in terms of that sort of supply, do you mean? Or, or, uh, in general, because I mean, it's part of it's the understanding, part of it, uh, like for the consumer, part of it is the supply levels, as we're mentioning. But do you think the, we're heading somewhere we may not want to be going within all of that? Well, uh, I suppose. I mean, I, th I think you're you're alluding to the fact that that uh, you know, as as there's more and more production, then that puts a uh, that might put a downward pressure on pricing. I guess um, you know, in in that um, in that uh, you know, an an increase in volume could could um, uh, especially if if demand doesn't match match that increase in in production then you could you could have more supply and therefore that you know a, a, a potential downward downward um pressure on pricing um that that wouldn't happen if there was a, a, a you know equilibrium on supply and demand so um so i suppose that you know that that is uh, to an extent manageable um uh, th th then of course there's the the innovative industry here looking at um, obviously looking at charmat um and other production methods for sparkling wine which are which are um you know um uh, you know less less expensive ways of making sparkling wine and uh, you know there's definitely obviously a movement that that way um but again you come back to the fact that prices for for production of grapes are not <laughs> not cheap in this country and the economies of scale again can go so far but but actually you know the cost of a ton of grapes is not is is so dependent upon you per hectare that that um that you know that's uh, that's always going to be a challenge i think uh so so but but you know the, the aspiration uh, in this country, should be to to you know maintain a, a real quality focus. I, I think you know absolutely. we would be you know, absolutely um, uh, you know ludicrous to 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 think right. Well, let's see how cheaply we can sell this, rather than let's see how high we can maintain the quality um, and uh, and engage the consumer on the right on the right level on a quality message rather than a rather than a price message. So 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 you know I think that's. Um, uh, you know we can't control everything of course uh, we can't but but uh but you know given the investment that's required to produce um to produce wines especially sparkling wines uh you know there's uh, it, it would be um it would be foolish to 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 be to be putting um an unnatural downward pressure on on um on price i think do you think there's anything that we can learn from some of the other regions? New Zealand, for example, is another new world wine region, and they're, they're doing amazing well with their wines. Is there anything that we could take? Uh, obviously, there are other new world wine regions as well that could benefit us. Yeah, well, I think the New Zealand one is a really good example, actually, because yeah. you know, in, in, many, in many ways, they're, 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 the dynamics of their industry are different from us. You know, they are... You know, extremely dependent on exports, um, and uh, and they've they've evolved exports, um, you know, right from the get go, in their in their overall sort of industry strategy, because they knew that they didn't have the the marketplace for it for it in 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 the domestic market, or they do, but they but they wouldn't be able to fulfil their their potential as an industry just from the domestic market. Um, and and um, I had a really really interesting conversation about. Bit more than a year ago, just for Christmas in 2020, 2020, I've lost track of the years. Um, 
but um, with with Phil Gregan, who's the head of the New Zealand wine growers, um, and he has been there for a long, long time. And you know, I was talking to him actually as a as an interview, which I recorded, and then we used as a for for um, to to think about things as a board of directors of Wines Great Britain. You know, learning from the experience that they've gone through over the over the years. And he said some really interesting stuff, actually. One, one which was to be bold. Um, he said, look, you know, you don't take any prisoners, but not sure quite what that um, what we learned from that. But it was an interesting thing to be bold. But but what, um, you know, and, and yeah, my 30 years in the wine industry, having seen it kind of coincides with the, with the growth of Marlborough, actually, as a, as a producing region. And I hadn't really cottoned on to this, to what he said, uh, you know, and to how it has evolved as, a, as an industry. Because basically they, they came over to the London Wine Fair um, you know, back in the day, early 90s, and they, and they had a range of different wines. Their winemakers would come, and there's only a handful of them, and they, they engaged with the trade here and the press, and, um, and they asked everybody's opinions on things. So they had some Pinot Gris, they had some... So, you know, they had some Chardonnay, they had some Reds, and they said, well, what, what do you like? What do you think? And they were just, wow, that Sauvignon is really good. You, you know, that's, that's really So they took that message back to New Zealand and then evolved New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, on the back of, of a kind of a demand that was already there, which they then invested in, both in terms of, you know, planting more vineyards, um, and and uh, getting more kind of investment into the into the industry, but but also um, from a technological perspective, they they researched uh, different flavor profiles and the and the reason that the, you know the, the ways that that you create these different these different flavor profiles and the whole you know debate around you know how 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 many thals or or, or such like that you want to have in your um, pyrazines that you want to have in your in your fruit in your wine. They did some consumer research. They did a lot of technical research, um, and and then built those into the into the production. And they effectively, um, you kind of drove the flavour profile to match match the demand. It's not the same in every market, but but um, but it is you know quite quite similar as a style. Um, and and they've evolved it from there. So so you know that's a really good learning. And I always use the the comparison or the analogy with New Zealand or Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. It's a bit like sounds disparaging and it's not meant to be but you know one of the key um positive attributes for any brand is consistent delivery yeah if you if you go into a mcdonald's anywhere in the world you know you what in ours for order a big mac you're going to get the same thing yeah. and that's hugely comforting from a, from a consumer perspective likewise in if you if you order a new zealand a marlborough sauvignon blanc much as the winemakers will will happily say well mine's a bit different from theirs and blah 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 but actually the style that you get um from from marlborough sauvignon blanc is 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 within a relatively narrow frame huh? so 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 that's a real positive attribute for the brand something that actually they're you know they're constantly saying well what next well you know we've got we've got Sauvignon Blanc sorted how do we how do we diversify our industry because we're a little bit um we're a little bit uh all our eggs in one basket so so you know that's a that's an interesting area but and of course they've had supply and demand um challenges over the over the years uh there was uh, one stage too much wine one stage not enough and you know that that happens um and uh, that'll happen to us i'm absolutely sure it will because you know relatively small production within a within a big marketplace you know if you 
if you start selling, you know, too much wine, you might run out. You, you know, when and frankly, how how do you control that? You, you can only do that Co- collectively. Uh, you know, that's pretty impossible to control. But yeah, so th- so that was an interesting one from a from a uh, from a learnings perspective. Um, then then you know there are other other areas um, that we can learn from as well. Um, less less on the production side, more on the commercial side. So so you know there's some fantastic and and, and yeah, this is a really really interesting and exciting area for us as an industry. Um, there are some brilliant wine tourism um, examples around the world. You know. I used to work a lot in the South African wine industry. So I was there like four or five times a year, six times a year, and, and, and then had a gap of 10 years where I hadn't been back. And so, and I went back uh, after that gap in probably uh, three years ago, three, four years ago. And the, and the development in wine tourism in that decade that I hadn't been there was extraordinary. It, it really was. And, uh, you know, hugely impressive, loads of investment in all sorts of different types of offering for the for the consumer or for the for the interested wine wine tourist. Um, how we evolve our offer uh, to 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 wine tourists um, or just wine consumers who want to want to visit um, uh, or interested in going out to see to see vineyards. You know that. That's really, really, really interesting. Like you know, other other areas of good practice is um, you know Napa is is great, um, hugely important from an overall economic economic perspective in in California. Uh, I think Napa's the second most visited tourism destination in California, extraordinarily. So so you know this adds massively to the economy. Same in Australia. Uh, you know the the the, the market the Celador operations are, are brilliant out there, and they and they've made a a huge difference to the connection between the consumer and the and the wine industry and the brands themselves. So so you know people have their favourites because they go they can go and they know the winemaker, they can tell their stories, um, and they become very loyal to to certain brands because of the experiences they've had at at, um, at the Celador. So so you know this is this is an area for for real concentration of effort for overall as an industry, you know, the, the benefits of, of direct to consumer sales are, are, are many fold. One, you control the environment. Two, it's generally for higher margin um, sales. Three, three, you know, that's how you get gain um, you gain this engagement and this long term loyalty um, for with with consumers. So so yeah, something like. Half of all sales of English and Welsh wine are, to, are, are direct to consumer through either Celador or through um, through through producers' own websites, and that's a real real advantage for the for the industry that we need to build on. So yeah, that I, I think those so so between those two, so the New Zealand Sauvignon and Blanc thing and the and the and the wine tourism around the world, those are two real interesting things. And that and that research and development side of things, um, you know, big big area of, of of interest for WineGB at the moment is to be able to build this a program of of projects. And we're not going to run them all ourselves. So, you know, there's quite a lot already going on in different. Um, Different pockets of activity, whether it be in Wales or in different university PhDs. I was on a on a call with Plumpton, where they did uh, where the students there, um, both the masters and their degree students, were presenting their their, their research projects. Some great stuff, you know. So so um, being able to to 
drive and direct research to be able to support the overall industry uh, is a is a really interesting area as well for us to to to, to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, a, is that a key focus for Wine GB? Then, do you have plans in place moving forward? Yeah, definitely. So 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 we have kind of five pillars really of focus for the for for the organisation, um, and one one of those is wine. Um, wine excellence, well, product product excellence, quality, um, which has a number of different facets to it. So, so research is definitely one of those. You know, working with Plumpton is that you know education and career path um, uh, is definitely one of them because you know we have a we have a, a growing need for for quality um, people in the industry. And we need to be able to deliver quality people a, a quality career opportunity. You know, so so that that that's um, that's a you know a long term. A long-term goal, but 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 you know to be able to optimize the industry, we need to have the best possible people. So that's important. Um, then you know things like the Wine GB Awards. So um, so that's rewarding good you know best best quality product um, is uh, and and celebrating that and 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 uh, showcasing that is, is is really important. So so that overall that sort of wine wine excellence is 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 a is a is an area of, of, of focus. Tourism, as we've just spoken about, is one definitely. Uh, I'm really keen. Um, I'm going to be a bit preemptive here, but but I, I think we should um, we should have a, an industry cellador awards program. Uh, you know, and um, okay. yeah, best cellador, best restaurant, best tour, best um, best tour guide, or something. You know, best tasting experience, and you can do that regionally as well. You know, so you have regional champions and things. I just think that's absolutely. You know, a, a no-brainer for for us to do, but I've probably just given somebody else the idea to do it now. So, um, but never mind. So, tourism is is you know really good. How do we showcase best practice? How do we make sure that whenever anybody visits any winery or any vineyard, that they get an enjoyable experience, which is kind of fits or exceeds their expectations? I think you know man, managing that from from the bottom upwards is is important. Uh, exports exports a long term um, a long term goal. Think of um, you know the champagne industry, for example. Uh, I think fifty-five percent or thereabouts is exported. Um, so, uh, and we're currently about four percent. So, so you know, there's a there's a lot of opportunity there. But, but, um, but that's about building. You can't just turn on export markets uh, just like that. Sure. So, so, yeah, that's a that's a long-term strategic objective uh, to be able to do the groundwork to be able to supply overseas, and that means. That definitely means targeting core markets rather than rather than a sort of blanket approach, uh, and and then and then establishing or helping producers to establish um, good supply chain and distribution networks in in those core markets and raising awareness as, as well in markets because you know we might uh, we might think we know um, we, that everybody knows and loves our wines but but um, but it's you know in in some markets and especially in the more mature markets, yeah. The English wine category in the states, you know, very small, very very small category, um, and you know, highly competitive market. So, so you know, there's work to be done on that front. So, ex exports good, uh, you know, uh, as I say, a long term strategy. Sustainability is um, is uh, absolutely fundamental, and that's um, you know, we've we focused through the Sustainable Wines of Great Britain program um on on the on the environment so so far uh so vineyard and viticulture and that's uh, uh, vineyard and winemaking um and that's growing nicely 
it's really rewarding to see the first wines coming onto the market really now and and that and that will grow um that that number and then i think then i think once you get once you get uh, you know a sizable number of of wines with the with the swgb logo on them then that is going to act as a as a kind of um, compelling reason for everybody else as as much as looking after the um you know the, the the stewardship of the land of the land that we we work. You know the the, the commercial imperative is is very very strong. Uh, next steps on that for us are to look uh, around social and economic um, uh, sustainability as well, or, or viability and, and long term resilience. So so that's um, yeah, really really important. And but again, very exciting. And and we can um, we can be proud of what we've done uh, because there's some you know, really good carbon calculator that we have, which is almost yeah. You know, one, one could easily say it's a uh, you know one of the best of its type uh, in in the world of wine. Um, so that's that's good. And we're very lucky to have um, uh, Chris Foss uh, leading that program. He's uh, he's a he's a guru, uh, which is great. And then um, and then the last the last of the five areas is um, is we defined as as leadership uh, and leadership is all around building awareness for the industry so that's our marketing and PR and events program tastings um, conferences um, you know th- those sorts of things but lots of PR and social media and we've got a new website that's coming shortly uh, as well uh, that's also our work. With the government, um, with DEFRA and DIT in particular, um, around um, creating the right context for for producers to be able to be successful. In there is um, you know lobbying of the Treasury for their for their as part of the um, of the excise duty review. So so you know there's a we we're really keen to get um, to get a, a proposal around Celador or small producer duty relief um across the across the board and it's uh it's quite um it's we were quite frustrated at, at the announcement at the at the budget um last year that that uh, our our proposal for the for Celador relief was 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 rejected effectively i think they they're looking to support small producers but they've um, they're proposing to do a, a scheme which is only um for alcohol products up to eight and a half percent of alcohol uh, which doesn't help us, really help us at all. So we're, we're working with them to try to, to change that. And, and that being said, you know that you know there was definitely a, uh, and we were very very pleased that the sort of anomaly that had been in place, where sparkling wine duty is higher than still wine duty, you know that makes no sense whatsoever. So so in the recommendations um, from the from the Treasury uh, Excise Duty Review Team is that is that still and sparkling wine should be should be equalised, um, which is great because you know three quarters, uh, two thirds at least of our of our of our production is is sparkling wine. So that so that helps. So there's so that's part of the leadership. But also the other thing is that is that we you know we're forming as wine GB, but I think as an industry overall, we you know we we want to be kind of more central to the whole. Uh, to the whole of the wine industry here in the UK, so so you know we ninety nine percent of wine that's drunk in this country is imported, and you know there are big established networks of of distributors and on trade and um, retailers, and you know we are a, a growing of growing importance, but we are still small. But we want to be leaders within within the wine industry. 
So that means um, things like uh, you know linking with the WSET. We're doing it. We've done a deal, um, a mutual support sponsorship with the WSET, where where our our producer, our members get discounts from for on WSET course and and, and the like, and and WSET can get um, can get benefits, or you know their students or their alumni, diploma alumni can get discounts with us. But but it's more about this sort of collaboration, the partnerships there, and one sort of tangible element to that is um you know a a, a strong uh, strong values around diversity and inclusion and accessibility uh, and those sorts of things and we did a a really a really interesting um half day webinar um mini conference sort of thing on on D and dni uh, just last month it was brilliant absolutely brilliant very thought provoking um but but this is introducing those sorts of models and that constant you know, that, that concept into into our into our world but also hopefully then into the into the overall supply chain so so that's the sort of leadership leadership element it's uh it's um you know here we are we're english wine and welsh wine bang come with us we're, we're great we're modern um we're vibrant we're innovative we're growing so we're a good we're a good horse to back Simon, thank you so much for your time. There's been so much content there, and it's great to hear direct from you being at the helm of Wine GB, as we said. And what a great way to wrap up. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure.